You're listening to the Bromsgrove Standard Podcast because you have impeccable taste. Very warm welcome to this week's Bromsgrove and Druid Standard Podcast with me, Tristan Harris. Now, I'm delighted to have Theo Theobald with us, who's um, he, he runs the comedy school at Artrix that I did a couple of years ago, so we can talk about that in a bit, but uh, it's coming back this Monday. It is indeed, Tristan, yeah. Um, we start on Monday for five weeks uh, in the studio for a couple of hours on a Monday night from 7.30 to 9.30, and then we have a live show on the fi- end of the final week on Friday, the 25th of October. Yeah, because I think mine was on Halloween, which was, uh, on on the one hand, I thought, well, it could be a horror show, it could be an omen. And then on the other hand, I thought, well, loads of people are going to have fancy dress parties and stuff, so uh, I'm not going to be able to get much of an audience there. But we had an all right audience, didn't we? We did, yeah, yeah. We packed it out when you were on, mate, yeah. And um, I I remember you did a very good set and you got a load of laughs, so well done you. Well, that's what I said to myself. I said, this is going to be like a tick box bucket list exercise. And it's something I'd always wanted to do. But um, I said, if it goes wrong, I'm not going, going to touch it with a barge pole ever again. But I've done about 14 gigs now. Have you? Um, so, yeah, so that's, uh, that's done well. It's oh, going well. Your fledgling comedy career yeah, started yeah, at the Artrix. started that's at Artrix. A nice yeah. venue to start at as well. I think what, what shocked me as well was um, in the first session, you got us all behind the microphone, didn't you? Because I think I remember you saying at the time that it's, you know, this is the biggest hurdle you'll have to come, um, you know, overcome for many people. So, Get get your voice out there and, and get used to performing, holding a microphone and stuff from the off. Yeah, I think that's really important. There have been a few people over the years who've had some experience on stage, they've been in bands, that kind of thing, or maybe they've done a lot of public speaking, so they're sort of used to the idea of having a microphone in front of them. But for most of us, we're not. You know, we, we kind of see it on TV, but it's not, not the sort of thing we do day to day. So I think it's really important because it's quite a short course and intensive, uh, and we've only got five weeks. You can't wait until week three or week four to have people on their feet. So there's no real expectation in week one. It's not like I think people are going to turn up and have, you know, a 10-minute comedy set ready to run it out. It's just so that people kind of feel the stage under their feet and feel the microphone in their hand and, and just know what it's like to to kind of face, an, albeit an audience of only a half a dozen people in, in the workshop, in rehearsals, but just to start to feel the fear of that right away. And, and there's, the more you get used to that, the easier it gets. And you'll know, having done gigs since, that, that you know some go well, some don't go as well. But the stage time is the thing that is really valuable. So on your feet from week one, I would say, yeah. I think the best thing is about that is people do give you a bit of leeway because they know it's your first gig. And, um, I mean, when I was talking to people about it, I'd talk to people who'd done hang gliding and parachute jumping and all these other things that I would never do in a month of Sundays. And then when you tell them what you're doing, they go, you're doing what? For how long? Ten minutes. And, like, ten minutes can seem like a lifetime if you, <laughs> if you forget anything. Or, or, and so they, they are... Everyone's really impressed. And the other thing I would say about it is... Public speaking since has been an absolute breeze for me. <laughs> do you know what I mean? It, if you do public speaking, it's worth doing this just, just because public speaking then, because you don't need the right lines and the right words in the right order at the right time, it, it, it makes it so much easier. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and di- p- different people sign up for different reasons. But in the, in the past, there have been lots of business people who are required as the part of their job role to be on their feet and making some kind of presentation, you know, to the staff or to the board of directors or whoever it might be. And everybody fears that stuff. But the, the truth of it is what you've just said, that if you've done stand-up comedy, anything else to do with public speaking after that, it's just an absolute breeze. It's a doddle, yeah. Yeah, because I did um, the U3A 
the other week at Artrix. And that was like 120 people, I think. And I just, I was buzzing after, as you do get with the comedy. But it was just, it just seemed so much easier. And I think it was down to the actual comedy course and, and, and the gigs I'd done that, uh, that had helped us out there. The other good, what I was going to say was, um, going back to that, was people do give you a bit of leeway as well. They know it's your first time up there. So, so that's the best audience to have, isn't it? Because what you don't want is you don't want people there thinking live at the Apollo on, on your first night kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, it was a lovely crowd we had in. And uh, I have had a few a few worse crowds than that. I think the thing for me, the worst ones, are the ones where they just talk throughout and they're not listening. Yeah, you've got to give comedy a fair chance. And I think it has changed over the years. One of the things that people very often say when they come to uh, the comedy school is, you know, we talk about, well, what are you worried about? You know, what are your hopes and fears and all that kind of thing? And people go, oh, you know, I'm worried about getting heckled. And I'll be absolutely honest with you, it, it doesn't happen much if you're in the right venues. If you're trying to do comedy in the corner of a pub where people just come to have a pint, then you kind of deserve to be heckled. Do you know what I mean? What you want is to find a venue where people know that they've come to a comedy night and then they tend to be really well behaved because actually what they want is to hear the acts. Now, you know, if somebody heckles and it's a funny heckle, let them have it. That's fine. If somebody's just drunk and shouting out, that's a completely different thing. And, and the thing about that is it spoils it not just for the acts because it throws the timing off and, you know, they kind of lose their way and all the rest of it, but it spoils it for the rest of the audience as well. So, so heckling is not a big part of what happens. Yeah, having said that, we can all have audiences where they get all our stuff and they think we're hilarious and audiences will go, hey, what? what's that about? Uh, but that's the nature of it. And in a sense, you know, you kind of summed up in the, in the last sort of five minutes what doing comedy is all about. On the one hand, it's like the adrenaline rush of it going brilliantly. On the other hand, it's that thing where people say to you, gosh, you're brave to do that because it's the fear that it won't. Uh, and, and it's walking that tightrope, which is, that's why we all do it. It's mad. That's why, it is why we do it. But when it works, it's just the most fantastic feeling. Oh, it's a catch-22. It's, it's the most stressful thing before you go on. And then afterwards, if it has gone well, it takes at least five hours and three beers to come down, I think. It does, you're right. And I mean, I've had loads of people say to me... Whether I've been performing or not, maybe I've gone along to support a mate who's been doing a bit and they'll be pacing up and down before they go on and saying, what do we do this for again? You know, why, why am I here? <laughs> and then, you know, afterwards, as you say, the, feel, the euphoric feeling of when it's gone well is just great. I think my problem as well, which is a common one, isn't it, that you try and rush to get everything out because it's in your head, you want to get it out quickly. But that's the worst thing you can do, isn't it, with a comedy set? Because... You need to pace it. And if you watch the professionals do it, they're very measured. They're very, you know, slow. They speak a lot slower than... I mean, I speak quite fast in everyday life anyway. But when when you're up there and, and you just don't want to forget it and you want to get that that um, set out, yeah. that is the danger of, like, garbling the words and then people miss all the punchlines. Yeah, I, I think that's a really kind of common trait with people who are new to doing comedy because... Th- you can't pretend that, you know, you're not going to have adrenaline pumping around your system and you're going to be nervous uh, before you go on. It is going to happen. And and the tendency then is you rush through it because I think there's something in the back of your head going, the quicker you get through this, the quicker you can get off. But the, it's a real, real mistake. And and so many times when we're, doing, when we're doing rehearsals, I'll say to people, it's good, but slow down, slower, 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 because 
It is that having that confidence that says to an audience, it's okay, I know what I'm doing here. And even if you, you're even paced and, and, and a lot slower than you know, when you kind of start out and some stuff doesn't get a laugh, that is still better than racing through it at 150 miles an hour. So even in real life, you need to slow down, mate. I think I do, actually, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, this podcast will probably be an hour and a half, won't it, if I, uh, <laughs> if I slow down. And <laughs> we get in... So no, so and what kind of people? Because you have people from all walks of life. Because you would think, you know, the kind of people who would do comedy would be naturally extrovert people who always love being on this, you know, being centre of attention and stuff. But it's not, is it? You do get a, a mix. Yeah, yeah, you do get a mix. I mean, I've talked about that group of people who come from a kind of uh, a business background where it's something that they can use to improve their confidence, improve their public speaking, improve their presentations. Um, I think you get another group of people who are there to challenge themselves to do something different. So, um, you know, sometimes it's like people have got it on their bucket list. You know, you mentioned bucket list before. So sometimes people come to do it and they never want to do it again. They just want to be able to look back in life and say, I did that just that once. And then I think you've got a third category of people and they're the ones who who maybe want to think about um, performance and particularly performance of comedy as if not their entire career, then a strand of what they do. So they might decide that they want to go on and have a crack at the comedy circuit. Um, Believe me, it is really, really difficult to make a living out of it. But you can make part of your living out of it, and it's a fantastic circuit to be on because the people who you meet are just absolutely awesome. So I think, you know, there are definitely that category of people who go, well, I I want to give it a crack. And if you're going to do that, and I'm not just saying it about, you know, the comedy school that I run. If, if you're going to do that, try and find some kind of workshop somewhere. Don't just launch yourself into it because that is the biggest mistake you can make. And the reason that I say that is you'll go along poorly prepared. You, you won't have rehearsed properly. You'll have had nobody to sense check your material and it will be a really uncomfortable feeling. And if for your first gig you have a really bad one, that is going to set your comedy career back by a mile. So, so, you know, speak to some people who know, go and see some gigs, sign up for a, a comedy course either here or, as I say, there are other ones available, uh, and, and give yourself the best possible chance of having a good first gig. Because it's like my technique and obviously pace. I mean, obviously you can't give people the material and make them funny. They have to have it. But you, you always say, don't you, that, that everyone's got a funny bone in them, so... It's just about bringing that to the forefront and maybe even like, you know, extenuating their, um, their character a bit more and making it bigger on stage. Yeah, yeah that's absolutely right. Uh, and, and one of the questions that I get asked a lot, particularly in week one of the workshops, is, you know, c- can you make somebody funny? You know, can you teach comedy? And I kind of look at it as, I don't know, I, I suppose facilitating comedy, really, because you're absolutely right. I do think everybody's got it in them. And I think it's about helping people to find the stuff about them that is funny. Um, and, and through that, you're right, quite often characters emerge. So people realise, well, you know, I, I am a bit geeky or um, I'm a bit nerdy or I'm a bit flash or I'm a bit whatever. Um, and the tendency then is to take that aspect of their character and exaggerate that. And that becomes a kind of stage persona. Well, you look at, look at the professionals who are doing it, like, you know, who have reached the peak. Mm-hmm. You've got, like, uh, Rod Gilbert, who's like an angry man, haven't yeah. you? And then I have tried the ranting, actually. It does work. It's really good. <laughs> it's really good fun. And then you've got um, John Richardson, who's, who plays on his OCD and his, yeah. and his insecurities mm-hmm. and things. And everybody has, if you watch them, 
they've, they've all got something that's a personality trait. I mean, when I did it, I obviously worked out very quickly that I'm in a unique job. Yeah. And things like police raids and, uh, and weird things that happen to me on a daily basis and situations I'm in is uh, lent itself perfectly to the comedy. And people were saying, are you going to give up the day job now? And I was thinking, well, no, because if I give up the day job, bang goes all my material. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. You're, you are absolutely right. And, and also, you know, you pick some great examples there of people who've taken aspects of their character and exaggerated them. And one of the things that I would say is com- comedy is both truth and lies. So it starts in truth. I think John Richardson probably does like the knives, forks and spoons all lined up in his cutlery drawer. I think that's probably true. But he's looked at that and he's thought, actually, how could I turn that into an act? You know, and I think, you know, Jack D has probably had days when people say, oh, you're miserable, you, aren't you? And he's thought, hang on. Yeah, that's an aspect of my character that I can that I can turn into an act, and it, and it, I'm absolutely certain. You know, if if you saw him off stage, he'd be, be like the rest of us. He'd have a laugh and a joke and all the rest of it. But because he's created that persona, he's got to be true to that character for the time that he's actually on stage. And who's your favourite comedian, or who's up there with you? Who's up there with? Well, um, uh, you'll know. I go up to Edinburgh to the Fringe every year um, I, because I'm a big kind of comedy anorak um and and this year i saw some i saw some great stuff uh, i saw um terry alderson who uh he's done live at the apollo uh, he also had a part in eastenders very manic very wild very weird um i saw stuart lee who is sort of regarded as the comedian's comedian very intellectual actually he's a solihull lad so he's not far from us um very intellectual very kind of analytical with his comedy um, uh, he, he was really great um, and I saw an actor who's seen a few years running called the Cagouls so the two girls come on stage in Cagouls as you might expect with the hoods up so all you can see is their little round faces and the whole thing is mine they never say anything and it's all about audience participation sounds weird I know but they are absolutely fantastic kind of like a silent Victoria Wood Yes, yeah, yeah, kind of silent Victoria Williams. Because that's what she was great at, wasn't yeah. she? Taking everyday things. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I do things on a daily basis. I think, I think real comedians as well have a different perception of life, don't they? You just see things and you... Like yesterday, for example, I walked past a, de- a desk and I saw this calculator on the edge. I don't know if you saw the picture I post on, on social media. And I put the, the calculator half on, half off, took a photo of it for Instagram and I said, that's what I call a calculated risk. <laughs> So I, th- I think you do. You just, you just, I just see things. That, that, uh... Well, I think you, I think you're right. But I also think that the more you start to um, open yourself up to comedy ideas, the more things that you see. And if you remember back, one of the things I talked about was keep your comedy antenna going. Make sure that you do try and observe things and, and kind of work out. Hang on, what what is funny about that? What's weird about that? Um, and I don't know, I, I, we talked, I think, yeah, in the past about, I've got this thing about signs, you know, like I'll see signs and I think, well, can you make something up? Now, I, I'm not going to pretend this is like, here's 10 minutes of, of golden comedy, but exactly like you say about the calculator thing. I was driving down to Worcester one day and there's a sign at the side of the road and it, it says, Steve's rubbish removals, and it's got a number on it. So I rang him, I said, Steve, that's no way to advertise your removals business. And you know, like it's those little things that you just, just trigger here and there and you think, actually, I could start to make something of that. And, and, and 
Comedy starts with those tiny little things that you then start to build on. So, okay, what other signs can you think of? What other signs have you seen? You know, please follow this van. Well, what's Mr. Whippy done then? Um, uh, please, I saw one at an airport. And, and the signs are genuine. It's the twist on them that is different, you know. Yeah. There's one at an airport which said, um, please search dogs in this area. I thought, God, if they're searching the dogs, it must be dangerous. <laughs> you know, and it's like stuff like that then starts to build. And before you know it, you've got like 30 seconds, then you've got a minute, and then you start to build that into like a three-minute chunk of your set. And you get three of those, and you've got, you know, nine minutes, and then that becomes 15 when you include the laughter. And, and yeah, that's how it works. It's just wrapping it up at the end was the hard bit, I think. And uh, I, did, I did come up with something, so that was good. Because, um, yeah, I mean, for one of the gigs, it was at a football club. And I, just, I, I wrote a whole set about comparing football to Brexit. So it was like, you know, football's like Brexit at the end of the season. Half your players want to stay, the other half want to remain. <laughs> and uh, the transfer windows are only um, in January and August. So, you know, when May arrives, there's no chance of a deal. It's, oh, it's just, yeah. you know, stuff like that. But it is, isn't it? And I think, like you say, your comedy antennae and your comedy radar. Yeah. Because there is comedy around every corner, isn't there? There is. I mean, public yeah. transport is, is brilliant for it. Public yeah. transport is fantastic. And just wherever you go, there's just, there, there are funny things. And I think that's the difference. I think comedians register it and write it down, whereas people just walk past if you haven't got that, that kind of, if you're not that way inclined. Stay tuned to it. That's, that's the first thing. And always have a book handy or your iPhone or whatever. And yeah. Make sure you capture it. The worst thing is you wait, you know, you think really good idea when you're on your way home from the pub one night you think oh it's a great idea next morning can't remember it at all I did that the other week I said it to a friend I said I told him as we were leaving the pub and then the next day I didn't write it down and I said what was that thing I mentioned last night and he's like I can't remember that stuff in a few real hours it was uh, was a lifetime ago so going back to the course and it starts this Monday Uh, what time is it at 7.30 on Monday uh, you can sign up in advance online at the Artrix website or the box office is open Uh, you can check the hours there um, or turn up on Monday night and sign up then that's fine uh, there's only a couple of places left I know that because try and keep the numbers down so I can spend enough one-to-one time with people so you know if it's something you're thinking about and you're keen then I would I would recommend signing up in advance uh, so it starts Monday it's over five weeks um, every Monday night 7.30 to 9.30 show on the following on the Friday following the last workshop which the date I gave you before oh yeah that was the Friday the 25th uh, I think the show starts at 7.30 and I'll be jointly running this one with a real good comedy mate of mine a guy called Darren Mortiboy. so you get the benefit of two for the price of one this time that's yeah. good so they can get in touch with the uh, uh, via the Artrix websites and yeah it's really good fun and it's the strangest homework you'll ever be set in your life <laughs> go off and write something funny and come back next Monday yeah yeah well do you know i'll take that as an instruction from you (laughs) (laughs) okay i'll see you next monday (laughs) right let's have a look at some uh, other news now you all right to chat through some uh, some other um stories um a warning's gone out to um elderly residents in bromsgrove after two distraction burglaries that's the ones we know of there might be more reported and there was a couple of uh people um posing as workmen a couple of men posing as work workmen um on thursday and friday one 89 year old partially blind woman had 300 pounds taken um, after two men knocked on the door they claimed to be carrying out work one said he needed access to the back garden to clear some rubbish um and as he went um in as he went out to the back garden to do what he said he was going to do the other one stayed behind and uh, when they left she found that 300 pounds had gone from the purse and there was another one as well in Salwalk Road. That first one was in Houseman Close. So if you've got elderly relatives, elderly friends, 
um, just please pass this message on until the obviously the police um, are looking for information on 101 or Crime Stoppers on 0800 555 But if you've got um, if you have got elderly residents, please pass on um, the message that they need to be careful at the door. Um, Another sad story now. Um, the grieving parents of Bromsgrove student who died after falling in the River Severn in Worcester after a night out um, have urged, um, the parents have urged teenagers starting life at university to please stay away from the water and to take care. Ian and Vicky Jones made the heartfelt plea as they launched the new Port Safe Board at Grandstand Road close to the spot where their son Tom, 18, fell fell in while he was walking home from the city centre last September. Tom had started a primary teaching course at the University of Worcester and he went missing on the 19th. His body was found nine days later. His brave parents were on hand at an event on Monday, just gone, um, to launch the throw board in memory of Tom. The device has been supplied by Safety Innovators Reach and Rescue and enables passers-by to call a number printed on the sign um, to release an extendable pole, which can then be lowered to pull people to safety. It's been horrendous for the 12 months but uh, to get to where we are today. But to have something like this in memory of Tom is a very positive thing to do, Vicky told The Standard. And we're going to have more on that in this week's paper and on um, websites. But students out there, please, I know there's so many of you um, starting courses. Um, we've also got um, um, internet scams as well. There's a piece on our website about that. So just please keep yourself and keep your friends safe. Look out for each other. And, um, and then you will, you will have um, a good flourishing time at uni. And uh, good luck with the courses. But please stay safe. Looking at other, uh, other um, news now, um, Droidwich Spa, what's your favourite fast food, Theo? Ooh, Mexican. Mexican. Yeah. You got a joke for us? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, not that one. Uh, why did the Mexican poison his wife? I uh, don't know why the Mexican poisoned his wife. Tequila! Ah. <laughs> no. There we go, that's awful. Um, Droitwich Bar has been named as one of 53 locations across the Midlands, earmarked for a new KFC restaurant. Now, when we put these things on, on our, um, on our websites, they just go mad. Aldi, Lidl, if Aldi, Lidl or a KFC or a McDonald's or something is coming to town, people just love it. They start sharing it. They start tagging people, going, you'll be all right for dinner next Friday and stuff and all that. And we do get loads of hits. So um, they're just looking for a specific site at the moment. And um, and yeah, so KFC, the colonel is coming to Droitwich. Um, now, this is very exciting news. It returns this weekend, the Bell Broughton Scarecrow Festival. Have you wow, ever been? Oh, wow. Of course I've been. Yeah, of course you've of been. Of course I've been. Because uh, last it had a, a tumultuous couple of years, really. Um, last year, they couldn't get a committee together to organise it. And it had been going for like two decades. The year before, I think it was the Velo Race, and they'd moved the weekend that they normally have it on. And normally it's like this, it's bright sunshine. And for that particular year, when they moved it a week later... A deluge, and they couldn't get people off the fields and stuff, and they had to cancel it halfway through. So it's kind of had two really tough years, but it's back now. And the good thing is, is we get we got a lot of feedback from people saying it become too commercial, and it was just like a fun fair, really. And that's what the organisers have said to me. They said it was more like a fun fair than a scarecrow festival, and there's, there was all massive stalls, and it was it was very commercial, and the scarecrows were kind of like taking a backseat role. Well, you'll be pleased to know this weekend, twenty first, twenty second of September, get yourself down to um, Bell Broughton because they've got 100 scarecrows which is more than they've ever had the theme is the simplistic village life so they're all going to see some good fun uh, scarecrows I bet there'll be loads of signs as well you'll be able to pick up on 
Oh, absolutely. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, you'll be yeah. able to get you know, and my Instagram will be full on uh, on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, it's on the recreation ground. They've got local craft and food producers uh, all celebrated. There's going to be stalls from local charities, market traders, crazy games, Bell Broughton Animals and the much-loved Steam Train. Uh, there's also going to be vintage cars um, and then there's live music at the pubs. But the most important thing is the 100 scarecrows and we've got our photographer as we speak now at Bell Broughton First School or Bell Broughton Primary School I think it's called um, taking photos of the kids making their scarecrows so uh, we're going to be putting that on the website later and uh, the Bell Broughton Scarecrow Festival chairman Patrick Brown said it had become like a fun fair uh, more of a fun fair than a scarecrow festival and that's not what people wanted visitors loved going along to see the creations the villagers had made and that's what we're going back to this year it's going to be more traditional placing the focus back on the scarecrow Crows. We've got double the amount we've ever had before. Um, it runs 10 till 5 each day, and it's £10 a car. And, of course, you can get about four or five people in your car, can't you? Or if you've got one of those uh, Fords where all, all the seats fold down and stuff, you probably get more people than that. So it's, uh, you're probably talking about two quid a head or something. I think you, you, you probably are. You're four people in a scarecrow, I think. Yeah, Four people in a scarecrow, yeah. yeah that's right. <laughs> if, you do, if your head count's higher when you're leaving than when you when <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you've uh, might have accidentally um, got a scarecrow stuck to you. So there we are. Um, football now. And Bromsgrove Sporting drew 1-1 last night with Russell Olympic. Shaquille McDonald equalised 10 minutes to go. Uh, Bromsgrove Sporting played really well, apparently, because I noticed on a couple of the, uh, the, t- the tweets that were after the game, they were discussing whether it was one point gained or two points dropped. Uh, bearing in mind, they've had three promotions in a row. So they're, uh, they're right up there now. Um, Russell Olympic were top. They'd only lost one. I think they'd lost one and drawn one out of seven games. So it was a really good result at the Victoria Ground. Bromsgrove Sporting aren't playing this weekend. Do you ever get down to the uh, Victoria Ground? I, I haven't been, but I've, I've been pledging to do so for ages. Yeah. I, I wouldn't go for comedy value, you know, judging no. by the performance of late. Um, but yeah, I, I must, I must get down. Yeah, you I'm could my... do the halftime entertainment. <laughs> I don't know about that. I can put it on my list of things to do, though, can't I? You can do, but if they're listening to this, get in touch with me. I will do. I could do me Brexit, uh, me Brexit football sketch. You could indeed. Uh, Set. Um, Droywich they beat Tiverdale two one away um, last weekend, and Tiverdale were two leagues above them. Jack Davis and Connor Collins on the mark for the Saltmen. And it's the first time they've reached the first round proper in the FA Vars. So we could see a cup run uh, for Droitwich this season. They've drawn Whitchurch Allport at home. Again, they're two leagues above. So it's going to be another tough test for Droitwich Spa. Um, this weekend, they've got Wren's Nest in the, um, in the league. Droitwich are seventh. Wren's Nest are eighth. They're both on six points. Uh, Droitwich have played three games, and the top, the top um, second, third, and fourth are on 12, 10, and 10 points. So basically, if they, win, if they did win their game in hand and everyone was level at the moment, Droitwich would be in second. But only one go up, so they're going to have to really push on. But there's, uh, you get that sometimes. It's just one runaway team. So good luck to the Saltmen and good luck to the Rouselers um, this week. Um, whatever you're doing, have a, a great week. Obviously, um, Claire is up next telling you what you could be doing if you're going out in Bromsgrove, Droitwich or Rubri in the next few days. For all the things to do and see this week, it's Claire Bullivant with this week's What's On Guide. Thanks, Tristan. Yes, looking forward to the next few days as there are loads of fun things to see and do across Bromsgrove, Droitwich and the surrounding areas. 
Remember, Heritage Open Days are going on at the moment, right up until this Sunday, September the 22nd. Basically, every September, thousands of volunteers across England organise thousands of events to celebrate our country's fantastic history and culture. So it's a chance to see hidden places and try out new experiences, all of which are free to explore during this period. There are literally loads of places such as museums, old houses, churches, historical places that are all opening their doors for free. Just go to heritageopendays.org.uk to find some options for you. For example, on Saturday the 21st of September, it's open doors at St John's Church in Bromsgrove. You can enjoy a free concert followed by coffee and cake, learn about the history of the church and get involved with some of the activities they've got going on there this weekend. Doors open 10.30am on Saturday and the free concert is at 4pm. Another fun thing to do this Saturday is rock and roll bingo at Fairfield Villa Cubhouse. 7pm start there and this is bingo with a difference. Instead of numbers, it is music. Themes include disco, rock and roll, swinging 60s, film scores and more. How fun is that, right? What a great idea. It's £5 for four games and profits all go to Fairfield Village Community Association and Fairfield Villa Football Club. So it's all for a great cause. Try and get yourself there. Another favourite thing of mine to do is the Barnstormers Comedy Night at the Art Tricks. And this is happening again this Saturday, 8pm start. And it's always so much fun. They get some really great comics on. And if you want all the details and to find out just who they've got there this weekend, go to their website, barnstormerscomedy.com. And it doesn't stop there on Saturday. It's a busy day. Loads of live music events happening all over the place. I'll mention a couple of my favourites. There's going to be live music from Voodoo, great band they are, at the Hot Pole in Bromsgrove on Saturday night. Chantel McGregor, the female guitar prodigy. She's incredible. She's going to be on at the Art Tricks on Saturday. Definitely worth getting some tickets to see her. Dry River, they're going to be putting on a show at the Dog and Pheasant on Saturday evening. The Face Stealers, love the Face Stealers, they're going to be putting on a show at the Pillar of Salt in Droitwich. And if you're in the mood for some theatre on Saturday, head on over to the Norbury Theatre in Droitwich as they have a fantastic production of The Lady Killers going on at the moment. Then after all that on Saturday, if you've got some energy left, there's a free 10k running event on Sunday morning. That's Sunday the 22nd of September. This is all happening at Hanbury Hall. WR97EA is the postcode for your sat-nav. If you've got an assistance dog, your dog's very welcome. And it's a National Trust event. Gates open at 8.30pm, start at 9am, ends at 11am. Telephone 01527 821 214. Heading through next week on Monday the 23rd of September. Come on, it's that time of year when Strictly starts up again on the TV and we all wish we could dance, right? Well, now we all can, as Simply Strictly is starting up again this year and they have a new absolute beginners ballroom and Latin dance class starting at Bournheath Community Centre every Monday night. B61 9LA is the postcode. 7pm, as I said, every Monday night. Come on, let's all learn how to dance. Telephone 07940 to book your place starting this Monday evening. 
Or perhaps you want to be that famous comedian who wants one day to appear as a celebrity dancer on Strictly Come Dancing. Is that right? Well, if so, you need to get yourself over to Theo's Comedy School at the Artrix, which is also starting on Monday evening. You heard all about it from the man himself on the podcast earlier. I'm, I'm still giggling about Steve's rubbish removals joke. That's just brilliant. If you hear me saying that, just pretend you've never heard it before because I love that joke. I'm taking it as mine. <laughs> Thea's new course starts on Monday. Email him, comedytheo at hotmail.co.uk if you're brave enough to try stand-up comedy. I'm really tempted. Who knows? I might give it a go. I'm going to think about it this weekend. And then my final pick of the week is on Wednesday, the 25th of September, and it's Forever Elton at the Art Tricks in Bromsgrove. This show is paying homage to the music of Sir Elton John and Bernie Taupin, the most successful singer-songwriter of their generation with the Greatest Hits tour. It's going to be amazing. Get your tickets from the Art Tricks Quicks. I've heard they're flying off the shelf. And that's all for this week. But remember, if you have an event going on, do let us know here at The Standard so we can let everyone know. Have a lovely week, everyone. Back to you, Tristan. Thanks, Claire, for that. Loads going on again in Bromsgrove, Droitwich and Rubri. Theo, thank you ever so much for joining us. It's been my pleasure. Great to see you again. Great to see you too. And what we'll do is, um, yeah, we'll be looking forward to the comedy school, seeing what they come up with this year, the class of 19, 2019. Yeah. And how many, you said you'd done loads, didn't you? Yeah, probably somewhere between 25 and 30. There have been hundreds of people who have done it locally. Yeah. You've taught hundreds of people. You've facilitated comedy. you facilitated comedy, facilitated comedy in That's hundreds of people. That's a fantastic yeah. thing to have done. So, yeah, so I hope you'll join us again at some point. I hope so too. Thank you very much for inviting me in. No, no problem. All that's left to say is have a great week, everybody. Remember, if you want daily updates, you can get them on our website. It's bromsgrovestandard.co.uk, droidwitchstandard.co.uk. You can email us through there. Or we've also got all the social media platforms you could ever wish for. Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. Follow us on there. You'll get updates. That's where all the conversation's happening about all the things going on in our towns. Until next week, please have a good, safe, happy week. Make sure you get yourself down to the Scarecrow Festival and we'll reconvene at the same time next week. (laughs) 